Nothing Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 18. I'm your host, Julian, alongside my co-host, Justin Antoine. How you doing? <laughs> uh, at Leon Phelps, you can follow me on Twitter, at L-E-O-N-P-H-E-L-P-S. Follow the Sports Podcast Twitter, at ATS Pod. Instagram, ATS.Pod. If you guys want to shout yourselves out. Instagram, JBoogie, that's J-A-Y underscore boogie dot underscore. Um, AF Original, A, F is in Frank, Original on everything. Post the flare on Twitch, follow me, follow the ATS pod, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that, Twitch. <laughs> yeah. Episode 18, the episode 18 that never was, is now. <laughs> we got um, a fun show today, I, you just said the energy's here, I can feel it, it's going through me. I don't know about you guys, how y'all feeling today by the way? Pretty regular. A little, little mad at that Zion incident. But we're gonna get into that. What? Did you, yeah, that was that was a little iffy. That was a little touch and go. What you guys want to get into? Because we, we, you know, we're gonna get into Antonio Brown. Maybe we'll touch on a little bit of Le'Veon Bell, who's a free man now. Uh, and we're gonna get into this Zion, but but I want to really kill, kill these topics. So I think we can start off on the hardwood with Zion Williamson. We saw last night. He exploded out of his sneaker. It was the Nike Paul George twos. So the whole NBA is talking. You know, Paul George himself asked Nike, you know, what went wrong? How did how did this happen? We've seen Paul George injure himself not through a shoe related injury, but just in general. And I'm sure that sparked something in his body that he was like, Whoa, you know, if somebody can do this in my shoe is there a way that we can make them safe? Granted, Zion is 6'8", 280 pounds. So if anybody's going to do that, Zion's going to do that. Just being a freak of, of nature and his explosiveness, his size, it's probably the reason that it happened. I don't see that type of injury happen to anybody. I mean, we've never seen it, but I don't see like going forward that that'll happen to anybody else unless we see somebody... Again, that looks like Zion, maybe in the future. Yeah, that was that was that like Bo Jackson type injury. In, injury. Uh, hopefully, it's not as catastrophic, obviously. Um, but it was that kind of explosiveness that caused that. Like, you know, seems like I don't know. Zion is a freak, really. That yeah, is, it's crazy. It's, it's, this is how the New York Knicks fans are reacting to Zion Williamson's. Foot injury, Tank like for Barrett. everything he does, he goes viral. We've seen his dunks from high school. We've seen, you know, Duke have the best recruiting class in how long. We've seen his production on the floor, and now we see him get hurt. But the way he did it was the most swaggerific way to get hurt. You blew through a tire. You literally <laughs> blew out a tire and sprained your knee. I mean, if I got hurt and I sprained my knee, that's probably how I'd want it to happen. I mean, you could tell he was he was about to make a hard basketball move because when, when he planted that first step, it was straight through the shoe. And it's crazy to me because it happened in the first 30 seconds. And I've seen that these tickets were selling for more than the Super Bowl tickets. The, cheap, the cheapest ticket was like 2500 that you could get. I seen tickets for like probably like the four 
went for like sixteen thousand five hundred and twenty dollars. Like it was crazy. I think President Obama had had a reason to do with that too. You you want to be in attendance with oh, this guy? Oh yeah. Very Especially much so. sitting on the floor near Obama. You yeah. the the bomber jacket he had on yeah. with the forty four stitch on it. They were talking about this on, yeah. on uh, 790 The Ticket Radio this morning. I was on my way to work, and they were saying, do you think that that was gifted to him, or do you think that he went to the tailor and asked for the 44 stitch? Because it would be pretty weird if he went and asked for it himself. Would it be weird? Yeah. I mean, not weird, but I, I, there's a better word for it. What if, it, what if? all right, boom, I want something nice, and the tailor was on some, I'm going to put a little 44 on there. Well, that's why I don't know it. if I'm doing that to Obama's jacket. I, I I'm scared Obama might, you know, not yeah, really appreciate. I feel like yeah, he was he that was 44. Like, like I didn't ask for this. I mean, even if, even if he did it himself, I don't think it's weird. That's like you know, it's like how you go to Liz and like you be like, yeah, let me get some little extra on the side, get some like initial. Yeah, like, but we're talking about Barack. I know that, but I'm just saying it's like if you go and ask for it yourself, I don't think it's weird. But I doubt. It. I don't think it. Yeah, I don't think he. I had think it. that was, yeah, I think that was like custom made. Had to be gifted to him. He had to yeah. be gifted or like custom made or I don't know, but it, it was. Cool. Shout out Obama, President's Day was the other day. We miss you, man. You know we got some things going on in the office right now. We'll get through these dark days. Country Trump be, called uh, sixteen states, sixteen cities the other day in a tweet. Ah, like, and then went and corrected the tweet. So that's how you know he fucked up. And you know you fucked up. Hashtag Michelle Obama <laughs> for president. That's all I'm saying. For real, Listen, yo. Good thing this is the All Things Sports Podcast, not mm-hmm. the All Things Politics Podcast. Thanks. I mean, I'm sure we'd have some 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 stuff to say, but um, but we'll save it for this Zion. Um, going back to the Zion situation, and back to the fact that he was wearing Paul George's. Um, Paul George did wish him a well speedy recovery, as a lot of NBA players did. He wants to talk to Nike and figure out how they can get to the bottom of this, make sure this never happens again. And um, another NBA player was Boogie Cousins, who had a take on this whole Zion situation. That brings up the question as far as, should Zion Williams shut it down? Is this the last time that we see him in a Duke uniform this year? Uh, Justin, what do you think? Uh, I mean, he said from the beginning, he said, you know, I'm here to play, I'm here to compete, you know, I want to win. And we all know he's destined to be the number one overall pick. I don't see this changing that in any way, shape, or form. If, worst case scenario, he might drop, but he's still going to be within the top five, and that's worst case scenario. Right. He's pretty much destined for, you know, NBA greatness at this point, you know. I mean... I don't see any reason to shut it down. I mean, they do have him listed as day-to-day. They listed it as a grade one knee sprain. But, I mean, injuries happen. Whether this is college or NBA, like, you're going to have to deal with injuries. Like, it's a part of your life. It's a part of your career. I mean, there's no, you go to the NBA and this happens, they're talking about, you know, shutting you down. I mean, as long as it's not anything, you know, within the, the knee that's, like muscle or tissue or anything like that, I've seen no reason why you can't, you know, just take it day by day and then come back. Well, and he's ready. the big question before we get to your thoughts is, like you said, I mean, this injury. Yeah, I know it's day to day right now, but at the end of the day, it is a knee sprain. Mm-hmm. 
and with his athleticism, his explosiveness, his power, the fact that he can break through a shoe, like the bottom of the shoe just comes out, you have to think, you know, can this knee take more of that in these coming weeks? Well, I also think it's kind of like one of these things where, like, I mean, it's, it's getting blown to the size that it is because it is Zion, you know, he's Hollywood. Think about this. We've never seen a shoe. This is like Mike style, but with like Mike, the shoe is old. There was a reason. This, has, this is a brand new sneaker. This is Paul George's brand new sneaker. And it's Zion Williamson, who's a freak. We can say it a thousand times. Right. But we've never seen somebody break through a shoe. So, of course, you know, the internet, the way it is now, everything goes viral. But I feel like it's kind of getting the attention it needs. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I would agree. But I also think that, like I said, I think it's getting blown to the size that it is because it is Zion. And don't get me wrong, I think obviously him being 6'8", 280, definitely helped with him just going right through the way he did. But I think the bigger picture here, and like, you know, Paul George, uh, you know, is taking action in this is that it's looks clearly like a uh, manufacturer malfunction right more so than you know him you know just being just this freak of major athlete which he is but which definitely probably like I said had something to do with it in health so do you think he's wearing new shoes every game I would think so because the way I look at it see the, the first initial reaction I had when I seen this was how before I you know you break down and think you know right that, you know, Nike makes a shoe and has to be manufactured. But if you think about it, it's not like football or hockey. Like, the only real equipment you have, I mean, if you want to call a jersey and basketball shorts equipment, you can. But the only real equipment that you truly need and value is your shoes. Like, you need your right. shoes matter probably more than anything on your uniform. But that's why I'm wondering, like... That's what I'm saying. So I would think that... The uh, you know the whoever's in charge of equipment or anything like that. I mean, we see basketball players wearing new shoes every game, new jerseys every game. Right, right. So you would think that somebody's in charge of you know bringing them. You know, I wouldn't think that they have them wear uh, same shoes that they wore last game. Like you always want the freshest. You think so? I mean, think about this. Like you, you've played basketball before. I have. You have. Um, First of all, getting a brand new basketball sneaker isn't the best feeling. Like there, I have put some basketball sneakers on that was like, all right, walk out the store, let's hit the court. But I've also had sneakers where it's like, all right, well, good thing that my team has practiced for the whole week because these shoes are, you know, I need to break them in. That, so that was another point I was gonna, you know, so make like real quick. with that, Zion and whether it's the player himself, whether it's like the per- type of person where I could see Kyrie Irving being this type of person, like, no, I need to wear. You know this shoe for 25 games of the season. You know, you never know if like these are my these are my good shoes. These are my you know I got good energy with these shoes. Oh, I remember you know I dropped 60 with these shoes. Whatever the case may be, I can't just automatically go assume that Zion Williamson just wears a new pair of shoes every day or excuse me every game. So if this is one of the shoes that he has been playing with for the past month, two months then the, I feel like that's just a deeper problem for the manufacturer mm-hmm. being Nike because if it was a brand new sneaker, it's like, all right, well, you know, defective pair. Right. 
But if he's been playing against North Carolina State, against Clemson, against, you know what I'm saying, Wake Forest, and now against North Carolina when he's on TV, when there's Super Bowl ticket prices, Obama's at the game, 30 seconds in, this happens. I feel like that's horrible for Nike. No, that definitely is a good point. Yeah, yeah. Because to wear brand new sneakers isn't really the best feeling. After you break them in, you know, you feel comfortable having kind of mold to, you know, your style, your footing and everything, you know, like that. I would think that they wear them, you know, through practice. I would think that after one game, they give them a new pair, maybe wear them through practice. I'm not exactly sure how it works, especially in the NBA, you know, games back-to-back, you know, three. Either way, it's a bad pair. Like, that's on the manufacturer. Right. That's for sure. Right. A bad batch right there. And we see it happening, like, food items and other fucking accessories and stuff like that. So, if you... <sighs> Like, it's Nike's fault, and they need to pay somebody, right. I guess. Zion, maybe. Um, Paul George, maybe. Because um, that's both of their names, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, By the way, Zion's not getting that Nike check till he leaves college. Yeah, but... They don't play. If they uh, do something with, like get the settlement and works, and by the time, like, he's an actual NBA player, like, it does... Sometimes shit like that does take time, you know? Right. Um... Yeah, that could happen. But, yeah, it's a one bad pair. Like, we don't see this happen often. Um, it's just crazy that it had to yeah. be Zion Williams. And then that's, like, I think that's, that's the, the biggest freak, thing to take away from it. That's the, that's the, just the nature of the caliber of player he is and what he's doing. Yeah, that speaks to it. And, and, and those shoes. And then he's a bigger player with explosion like Derrick Rose. So it's, you know what I'm saying? It's really, have we even seen that type of player? Have they been making yeah. shoes for that type of player? That's, that's really good point. They'll going, learn from this, though. Going back to DeMarcus Cousins, what he was saying, basically, uh, at practice, they interviewed him and, and they asked him about the Zion Williamson situation, Zion Williamson situation, asking him if he should shut it down or what, what do they think he should do. And basically, DeMarcus Cousins was saying that, he, he word for word, he said that NCAA is bullshit and that he thinks Zion Williamson should do the best for him Whatever that means for Zion Williamson, he wasn't too specific, but he did say that the NCAA is bullshit, and if he knew what he knew now then, he probably wouldn't play himself. You know, like, he already said Zion Williamson has done what he's had to do to prove, like Justin said, he's a number one pick, top three, you know what I mean? So, and I don't see that this injury necessarily derails him from being a top five pick maybe not number one or two but he's definitely not going to fall into the sixth slot so I think Zion Williamson has a lot to think about over these day-to-day days Mm -hmm. Uh, you know day-to-day can be a week and a half two weeks however Mike Krzyzewski wants to play it and also you know we're talking about an 18 year old kid so his dad his mother his coach, his friends. He's going to get all these opinions, but ultimately it's going to be his decision and whether he wants to, to finish off what he started at Duke because he's here for one year. He knows that he's here for one year. He knows that he'll never have the chance to play with R.J. Barrett. for a lo- Excuse me. He won't have a chance to play with R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish for a long time at least. Does he want to cherish this moment? And, and just let his competitive drive take over the situation and tell his coach and tell his fans, listen, I'm coming back. It was a malfunction. We understand. 
I want to win this national title. Duke doesn't win the national title without Zion Williamson. We saw that last night. They got blown out by North Carolina as soon as he goes down, granted it was 30 seconds into the game. Besides the fact, how do you guys feel about, the like, does this potentially hurt his draft stock if he shuts it down? We're talking about if he shuts it down. No. Joel Embiid was drafted in the same, same predicament. And look at him. Even worse, I'd say. Yeah. Because Joel Embiid, I mean, he... He didn't put the name out. He didn't have the height that, that Zion One. Had. Two, yeah. he, he wasn't... Established. He wasn't two. big. All that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, his draft stock is intact. He and and what, I, what, what didn't cross my mind, sorry to cut you off, was mm-hmm. the fact that the Sixers taking Embiid knew he wasn't even going to play. They knew for his rookie year he would miss it. I don't know if they knew exactly for a second year that he'd miss it, but they knew that they were taking a chance with risk and, and all this, but look what they've got from him. I get yeah. what you're saying. And then that's mm-hmm. also what stopped, you know, if you look at the other side of the coin, that's what stopped the Cavaliers from, from drafting him with the foot. So, I mean, it. I think it all depends. And they took I, th- I just think it all depends on who, like, how the lottery shapes out. <clears throat> like, different teams have different... If you know, assuming he you know shuts it down, I think different teams have different you know mindsets and opinions on how they look at situations like this. Clearly, like I said, for example, Cleveland and Sixers with you know with Embiid. So it all depends on what you need, where you're at, uh, in your process of you know rebuilding championship. Right. There's always going to be that one front office that thinks like outlandish. Yeah, we always see it that. All right, pass on him if you want to, you know, but... The league is tanking for Zion, and Zion needs to tank for himself. So you don't think that he... Okay, so you do think that he should not Sit play? Up, yeah. Why go back? Why... For what? I just feel like... In the same... Like, me being the selfish fan a little bit, but also just thinking, like... Listen... This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You're going to be at Duke. You're playing for the greatest coach to coach the sport, professionally or collegiate. You have two other top ten prospects on your team. Like You guys can literally make magic this year. You guys can go to the dance and win on the biggest stage and prove your draft stock. Like, I get that his draft stock's already there, but if he goes down, it's just going to raise that many more questions as far as, you know, we've seen what he did, but we only seen him until February. We've only seen some high school tapes. We've seen some athletic dunks. You're going to get these questions. I still think that the hype is enough to, to take him. You know, you've seen the freakish talent and, and – or, or skill set, or athleticism, I don't know why that popped in my head, athleticism that you can polish him into an NBA player, but let him showcase himself in big games. Let him showcase himself when it really counts, you know, in an ACC championship. We'll never see that if he shuts it down, and if he does, then, yeah, like I said, I just think it's going to raise a lot more questions. And for him, you know, I think it'll be fun. Like, if you're going to get hurt, I look at it as, like, you know, you'll probably get hurt. This isn't like, oh, Zion Williamson's bowl game before the draft. I get that. This is the rest of a season going into the funnest time of a college basketball player's life, getting a chance to compete for that title in the dance. You know, like, yeah. take advantage of it, man. You're only going to be 19 or 18, 
this one time, and like you'll recover did. from this. He did. Playing, even playing college, he took advantage. That was his, he did that. And look how, it, like, look what happens. You know what I'm saying? So it's on some, what, like. But it's also you, a, a, sh- a freak accident, like we said, like with the shoe exploding. Yeah, but to go back, it's like, you, you, what, you chasing peer pressure, like, to have fun? Like, really? You could have, you're going to have mad fun in the NBA. What are you talking about? And why why endanger any type of bag that you're going to get? Because you come back. Let's say you come back and, and you're just like, you need you need some time to get back into the flow right, of things. Right. So you need to pick up the pace. But then they don't really see that. All they see is, oh, he came back and he's not the same. Right. So now you That's done true. fucked up. But you come back and you explode. Boom. Oh, yeah, he's still the same. What did that help? They already, they, the word was, he's still the same. Right. So they already expected you that, makes that same way. You know what I'm saying? That's why a lot of people are, are believing that Zion Williamson's Duke career is, is over. I mean, we saw that with Kyrie Irving. He played like 11 games yeah. back in 2010, 2011 season. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it could have been the most exciting thing to see him play a full season, go to the championship or go to the tourney. But he got hurt. He was smart. He sat it out. It was like, listen, um, my job is over there. Red Todded in the chat said, ABC, NBC, CBS, all those TV stations made huge deal with the NCAA. Let's not forget fan attendance, jerseys, sales, commercials for when the team is on TV, etc. And what do they give the players? Little to nothing. Little to nothing? Or, I, mean, I mean, they get their scholarship yeah, exactly. money. They get, they get, what, food money yeah. to eat throughout the week, but they're still struggling. They're not getting, yeah, they're not going they're not to, to... Making money Applebee's every day <laughs> not even going to Applebee's every but, day but yeah I but feel like I feel like the only loser from this situation if Zion's sound is NCAA because if you know you have players I'm sorry you said the only loser is the NCAA yeah if Zion's sound because for the simple fact that like you, like you said he's you know proven his stock clearly you know top three top five top one you know in the draft and we've seen that, you know, a lot of teams in, in the league are trying to tank to get Zion. I mean, so if he sits out due to, you know, however serious or minor this injury may be, like you said, they haven't released all the facts. They're just listening to day-to-day. So I feel like if it takes, you know, this type of injury or this type of incident to cause him to sit out, then... You know, it'll cause other you know prospects you know to come to the NCAA and other you know top five, top ten players you know anything like that would kind of just say to themselves why even bother going at all. And you know we talked about a little bit you know before about the league you know possibly going back down to to the number to the age of eighteen that you enter the league. So I mean, I just feel like this would cause them a whole another. Domino effect that would just you know play. How do you like, truly why, why feel? At all? How do you truly feel about? Well, let's get into that in a second. I think Duke is a loser in this too, as I said. I mean, correct, yeah. Zion Williamson leaving the team. One, where do you think the rest of the team's head is going to be? You know, there's going to be that half of the team or the half of everybody that's going to understand. You know, he's trying to go to the league. He's trying to get a bag, like you said, but. At the end of the day, these are his brothers, and these are the guys that he told he was going to fight for them. These are the guys that are counting on him to to win that championship because without him, they know that they can. I mean, they're going to say that they can and they believe they can, you know, next man up and all that. But you know damn well it's not the same game when you don't have to game plan for an athletic player like Zion Williams. Like so, you said, it showed last night. And, our, and, you know, and you know, in the 
interviews when they interviewed uh, Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett after the game about it. You know, R.J. Barrett, you know, pretty much admitted it. You know, you know how you know Zion out there, he's their go-to, is their number one. He's their you know playmaker. Gets a lot of things started for them and opens up things for other players. It shows, and you know, and they didn't come out you know on top. They didn't come out with the, you know the outcome they wanted. They they kind of you know don't know what's gonna happen day to day. Just like they listen to injuries day to day. So they just kind of got to go back to the drawing board for now, at least, and you know. It's Coach out. K. I mean, he'll 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 survive for now, and we can still win an ACC championship. But, but they won't win. to have to yeah. win that national championship, it'll be a tough task. RJ Barrett's going to have to show that he can go number one in the league. You know, we'll see about that real quickly before we move on to this Antonio Brown situation. I did want to ask you about the eighteen coming into the league at 18, like if the league and Adam Silver was to be able to come to an agreement where players can join the NBA at the age of 18 as opposed to what it is now, 19, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Because me personally, real quick, I think that right now this one and done thing, I like it because of the excitement that it brings. You know, we, we live in this quick, you know, everything nowadays is like hype, forget about it, what's the next hype? hype, forget about it, what's the next hype, you know, Madden 19 just came out, some people don't even play it, they're waiting for 20 to come out, right, but it was the greatest thing a couple months ago, um, Zion Williamson, DeAndre Ayton, that's the perfect example, Luka Doncic is really the, the hype of, of this year's draft class, when DeAndre Ayton was the first pick, he was this big man that, you know, 19 as well, from the Bahamas, and, and he's a freak athlete, I'm not saying that he isn't having a great year. Well, he's not having a great year, but he's not having a horrible year. But people aren't talking about DeAndre Ayton. Why? Because he plays for Phoenix. You know, Luka Doncic, he's doing him. That's why people are talking about him as much. Because Trey Young is putting up 16-7 and seven as a rookie, second in the rookie of the year uh, standings. But nobody's really talking about him because he's at the Hawks. So going back to my point with the new hype, it's like, yeah, we get this one and done in college. Then they come to the league, and then wherever their career goes from there, you know, that's where it goes. Whether you're a Justice Winslow, whether you're a Stanley Johnson, whether you're a DeAndre Ayton, or whether you're the next LeBron James. We don't know that, but it kind of hurts the game of basketball in the NBA having these kids playing with these grown men to where the kids don't really, like, they don't really know it, you know. They don't really have it. They don't really have that that love for the game and still. A lot of kids are are AAU, you know, sensations. Back in the day, you had to come up and 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 make a name for yourself by just being the better, greedier, nastier player who wanted it more. Nowadays, it's like if you can shoot and you can score and you're flashy and you, and the fans like you, that's it's all cool. But when you're in your third year and you're still averaging 12 points a game and two rebounds, three rebounds, because you haven't really figured it out, you could have used those two extra years in college. I feel like that's where it's it's kind of iffy. I don't. All right. First of all, the NBA only works with the NCAA because they don't have to spend money. The D League is relatively new, and they have to spend money um, to to pay these players. To, um, to promote for these games, this and that, uh, pay for these stadiums, arenas, all that shit. So they lose money in the D-League where they make money from the NCAA. So they don't 
they want these players to go to the NCAA to build up hype and to come into the NBA as already revenue streams. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, it has cash up front, off right. rip, boom. You got it settled. If they did the 18 thing, um, like you said, a lot of guys just wouldn't be ready. Um, 19 is like the perfect age. The only problem I have with it is they need to spend more of their resources promoting and bettering the D-League than they do uh, putting it into the NCAA and these other, like... Because uh, those are private schools. That's a whole... That's another branch that's not even... Um, like, they have... The NCAA would still be exciting without the one-and-done players. Right. Um, so let the one-and-done players go to the D-League. You know what I'm saying? Where they can make their money, where they're good enough to make their money, hone their skills for one, two years, right. and then go into the actual right. league. That's a good... That would Leave be the league. NCAA for the scholars. Because the NCAA you know, is just money chasing you it, know, out here. It is, at this point. You know, they're, they're at this point, yeah, like you said, it's like, all right, you're going to... You don't have to be here two years. You can only be here one year. But that one year, look what Zion Williamson has done in six months. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Justin, what you got on there? It's... I don't know, it's choppy. I feel like you can't, really can't go wrong with more, I guess, avenues uh, or more, I guess, options because I feel like with the NCAA, I feel like they should change the rule from one and done. I feel like you should, if you're making the conscious decision to go to college, I feel like they should make you stay for two years. Now with the development of uh, the G League, with you know how they're starting to, you know, do things you know in that nature and then with this you know 18 rule it's obviously you're not going to have you know LeBron's or Kobe's you know every day but you know there's other been other uh, talented stars that have come you know straight out of high school you have your Dwight Howard Dwight Howard Amari Stoudemire Kevin Garnett mm-hmm. of the world I mean some people are just you know ready and I think the perfect Example of this is Ben Simmons. I think every time, anytime I think anything, anything NCAA related, you know, in correlation with the N, uh, NBA, I think of Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons, you know, said how he hated being there. You know, he's not, you know, a scholar. Like school wasn't for him. He was right. just there because he knew that his dream, his goal, was to always play basketball. And he had and to he, run and he just had to be there because that was the way to get to the, you know, that was the best way, best avenue to showcase you know, your talents in order to get, you know, to Ant's point, to get to the NBA and be right. you know, a revenue stream because, you know, you don't have, you know, the Luka Doncic of the world and the Dirks and the Kristaps that, you know, are make, make a big name for themselves overseas. So I feel like, and I feel like at, uh, Ben Simmons, even at 18, if he would have came to the league, I still feel like he would have been where he is now. Maybe a step or a foot behind, but I still think he would have been on the same trajectory to where he really is now. Uh, maybe he wouldn't have had to sit out that, you know, rookie season and when he got injured, you know, with the foot injury. And that, and then that's, you know, also relatable to the Zion situation, you know, with the injuries and not being paid. And Donovan Mitchell just tweeted about this, you know, compensating the players. It's just a very choppy, you know, avenue, and I think that the NBA and the NCAA need to come together to figure out 
a proper way to handle the situation because I don't see it getting uh, better. It's going to get worse before anything. I don't believe in the NCAA should have to pay players. I believe they, if you really want these players from uh, paid, that third party it. Like, that's what we have the D-League there for. That's what we had um, Ice Cube's new league for. Um, I mean, uh, LeVar Ball's, uh, what he tried to do. You know, that's why we have these other things. They need to put more money into that, into building that up. You know what I'm saying? Like, Or at least give the player the opportunity to get paid. You don't have to pay them. But Nike Correct. can pay them. Converse can pay them. Any brand of Gatorade can pay them. Why not let these players get endorsement deals? Because if Gatorade is willing to give Zion Williamson $20 million, why can't he get that money? Why does he have to wait until next year? Right. We're not asking the NCAA for that $20 million. Because he's, because, and you know. But the NCAA is not getting any of that. That's why they're not going to let that happen. But yet, they're, and that's the, the, the harsh part, they're making money off these players but it makes, with the avenue that they stream and the right. kind of store that they put these players on, but then they don't want to allow them to get paid. I, I would look at it as help me help you. And I don't, yeah, I just don't understand why players the, can't get paid from other avenues and sponsorships. With, like you said, all right, boom, endorsement, Nike deal, this and that. Now, as an NCAA team, you're a private school, but now you're sponsoring Nike in a sense because your players are sponsoring Nike. You know what I'm saying? And you're not making... You're not making uh, money off of it. So you're doing the Nike endorsement for everybody, but the player is the one making money off of it. You know what I'm you saying? You got to remember, Nike it's going to be what we talked about a couple episodes ago, the the, what the LeBron James term, the slave-like mentality but for no, the higher-ups. Because, because it's a school, bro. It's a school, and, it's a, and these are private schools. Right. So they have the right on some, you're playing ball on my campus. You're not going to just wear... This this sure. label For this sure. label you know what I'm saying you're not gonna bring the media in here right you know what I'm saying out of control like so then so then okay so the if the endorsement route isn't isn't you know like the best way to do it because of the media because of you know bringing attention to where we're not trying to bring attention to mm-hmm. what can the NCAA do if we can just shoot out one idea real quick for these players I, I'm not necessarily saying the players need to be paid like. It's been like this for how long? You know what I mean? You know, Grant Hill didn't get paid in college. J.J. Reddick didn't get paid in college. So why should Zion Williamson, you know? But then again, why shouldn't have they got paid, right? We just never came to this resolution. If we can come to a quick resolution, school what would you guys school, say? Bro. School is school. How are you going to... Like, you're, you already got a scholarship for your skills. On top of that, you're going to get paid to get a degree and this and that and this and that when people are complaining about even paying for a degree Absolutely. you know what I'm saying Absolutely. so it's it, like I don't like that that's why I like it's on, on some if you're not even going to school for the school part of it that's what the D-League Go is for it, yeah let, it, let they should come to that agreement yeah. to where you can join a D-League and because I, I imagine the chances are slimmer playing in the G-League and trying to make it in the league you know trying to make your name through the G-League as opposed to just being this college sensation, you know. So if you're that talented and you can make it through the G League within a year or two, then, yeah, you deserve to be there and you should have the right to. So we'll leave the Zion Williamson college basketball NCAA scandal stuff for another time. Let's jump into this Antonio Brown situation because... 
This guy is a whale. Two weeks ago, I said he was going to be a giant, and then Odell said he wanted to be traded. So, what was up with that? Like, I heard like if the Giants are going to trade Odell Beckham, but I didn't really hear Odell say. No, well, what happened was I think I don't know to which avenue that it was released, but uh, it got released that last year. There were talks uh, with Bill Belichick and then over in New England that they were willing to trade for Odell. So that was that was the whole right. thing. Okay, so it was a bogus rumor. Yes, yeah. AB is coming to New York. He's gonna play with Odell. That's how that's how they rock him. AB, Odell, and Saquon. That's a big three. Eli's gonna throw to them for one more year. Yeah. And then they're gonna have to score. 50 points because their defense is going to give up 60. They're going to lose Landon Collins. I don't know. The Giants got a lot to worry about, but as far as Antonio Brown, I mean, here's what I wanted to ask. Like, We've seen in the same locker room uh, Le'Veon Bell situation. Players are like lashing out to benefit themselves. Can we agree on that, or, or do you get what I'm saying? Like, look at uh, Le'Veon Bell as far as I don't want to play here no more, right? Like, being kind of just loud and, and obnoxious with it to where the team can kind of feel, all right, well, this guy doesn't really care for us anymore. Look at uh, Anthony Davis didn't do it. He did it in a perfect way because he's not the type of guy to be this outspoken character like an Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. But... We know that that information could have stayed put, you know, like it didn't have to get leaked. Rich Paul didn't have to put it out there. When he got hurt, he didn't have to leave the whole stadium, the arena, right? So he's doing it in ways that it's like subtle, but you're going to feel it. So I feel like these players are lashing out. That's why I use that term mm-hmm. to, to benefit themselves because that's kind of the only say that they're going to have. My fault. Jesus, watch your head, bro. Try to block the halo. I got you. So move over. I'm like, shining, bro. I'm shining. Chairs, I got you. I'm shining, though. Uh, but um, back to what I was saying is like, AB knows that going on Twitter and doing a question and answer is going to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. He knows the Steelers aren't going to keep trying with him. Le'Veon Bell knows that being on Instagram all day putting raw papers in your Instagram story for your birthday, uh, you know, like not even saying goodbye properly. You know, all that stuff is going to make the Steelers feel like, wow, why should we want him? Because I get what what Le'Veon Bell was doing. You know, he didn't want to be there because they didn't want to pay him what he wanted, but they had the franchise tag, Mm -hmm. and they use it on him. With Antonio Brown, there's no franchise tag involved. He's just like, listen, Basically, y'all know what's going on because of all the stories y'all heard throughout the season in the media. So now I'm going to kind of just let y'all in on it more so that we make sure that this team doesn't try me any longer. I'm not going to be on contract with this team. Like, you know, trade me. I'm going to meet with the president of the team tomorrow so we can speak. He posted on Instagram that him and Mr. Rooney met and, and agreed that it's better for both of the, you know, people in the situation that he betrayed. I feel like he won them over in a sense. In a sense of? Getting what he wanted. 
Because back in the day, players under contract were just players under contract. Like, if you're under contract and you have a whole another year, you're not, you could think about it and your agent can try something, but you're not going to be the, the headline of the week, you know, being a, the, the guy who calls out his coach and calls out his organization for, for not treating him fairly and all this stuff, right? Nobody used to come out, and unless you're like a Terrell Owens, like Chad Johnson, mm-hmm. these were the players that like had the balls to actually do it. But now it's kind of been so normal and like so okay that Antonio Brown can just say, listen, Ben Roethlisberger has that slave-like mentality. Like that's his quarterback. It's just, it's crazy to me that the lengths to which Antonio Brown's gone. I feel like he's kind of doing himself more harm than good at this point. I kind of feel like it's like you were there, like you you were at the pinnacle to where, you know, you voiced your, your concerns you obviously, you know, want it out. And everybody could clearly see why. You know, at, fir- at first, everybody was on Antonio Brown's side, you know, because everybody knew how Big Ben was. So, right. you know, this wasn't the first time situations that come up with Big Ben. You know, he has his own radio show in Pittsburgh. He, you know, always called out, you know, players or, right. you know, you know, quote-unquote, you know, leaking things. And so people could see the stress, you know, and everything for Antonio. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with the things like the Instagram Live and telling, you know, people what kind of teams he doesn't want to play for, clearly, you know, we knew that. You didn't have to go out and tell the public. We clearly knew, you know, he's one of the nobody, – nobody, you know, disagrees that he's one of the hardest working players in the league, if not the hardest working. Everybody knows his worth ethic and, you know, what he brings to the table. And talent-wise. I mean, and, he's you know, literally the best wide receiver yeah, stat, stats-wise. Yeah, regardless of people want to say, you know, you, you know, peak at, you know, this age. Right, or that's... I mean, the numbers, the numbers prove everything that you need to the see. The man hasn't had less than 10 touchdowns since, like, 2013 or something like that. Or less than, you know, I think, like, 1,200... Yards, yeah. yeah, like, less than 1,200 receiving yards... You know, less than eighty catches. Yeah, it's the numbers. You know, so are, you think that next year is just going to drop? Obviously, it can because he's going to be in a new system. But if he goes to the right system with the right quarterback, how does how does Antonio's Brown how does Antonio Brown's like how does he just slow down now because he's thirty one? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I really don't see it happening, but. What I was trying to get at was, but now with you going out of your way with all these antics, you're just lowering your value, and it's going to make you harder to get out of there because clearly the Steelers want to, you know, get as much for you as possible Mm -hmm. because they already just basically let Le'Veon go away for nothing, and they totally botched that whole situation and how that went, and then now they have their you know, second or, you know, first star, however you want to, you know, think Le'Veon's better or anything like that. But their other star player is, you know, obviously wants out. So now they're like, wait, we botched the first one. Now we need to pretty much bring in a haul for this one. And then, but, so it's kind of like you want out of there, but you're going out of your way with all these antics. So now the Steelers are probably... I mean, don't get me wrong. You're, he will get traded. Knows. You're going to find a team, but it's going to be harder because even though he wants to get traded and the Steelers are most likely to trade you, at the end of the day, it's kind of like the Anthony Davis situation. Realistically speaking, you are under contract, and they don't have to if they don't want to. They don't find anything suitable. But, so, but 
at this point, I feel like that relationship is is un, unfixable. Go ahead, Ann. Um, the league knows what Ant- Antonio Brown does. They they know what he brings. They know his status. And I don't feel like any of the antics that he's done in that shit show of an organization has lowered any of his value. Especially seeing the organization themselves, um, how they handle the Ben Roethlisberger situation, how they handle the Le'Veon Bell situation, mm-hmm. um, all of it. Like, it's just... That, like, that franchise hasn't been golden in quite some time. So the league recognizes that, and I think especially other GMs see that more than we as fans probably see that. Right. So... They're not going to let the sins of his, his fathers, so to speak, uh, trickle down on him. I, his value right. his I, value's there. My thing, I have another question that just came up as Justin was talking. Do you think that he's maybe doing all this lashing out and hurting his trade value so that the Steelers can't win? Like, is he doing it on purpose out of spite to the Steelers? Because he knows that they will trade me? Because, yeah, I'm under contract, but what good am I sitting on the sideline? What good am I not giving my all? What good am I... How, how do you repair A.B. and Big Ben, right, after he said all this? So it's like, I don't, I don't know if he's doing it because that's the type of person he is. I don't know if he's doing it because he wants to kind of get back at that team, mm-hmm. but listen, Antonio Brown, like you said, we've seen the numbers, we've seen the stats year after year, and look, the Steelers chose Big Ben over Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. That brings us to our next question within the Antonio Brown topic, and it goes, why focus this team on Big Ben? Why lose out on Antonio Brown, who you can put the generational type player on him because we don't see many do what he's done. He can go deep. He can punt return. He can kick return. He can catch a screen and run it back. This guy can throw the ball, I'm sure, if he needed to. So he's one of those everything players, as is Le'Veon Bell at the running back position. He can catch. He can run. He can throw. He can jump. He can, like He can run routes. He can mismatch nightmare. But you have your 36, 37-year-old quarterback who's on the tail end of his career and who's been not sure of his career every year for the last three years. I don't know if I'm coming back. I don't know if I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm good. I can do it three more years. Like, how do you go from I don't know if I can come back next year to no, I think I got a couple more years left. And then you're going to go and draft Josh Dobbs. You're not going to progress him. You're going to draft Mason Rudolph. You're not going to progress him. When you could have drafted pieces on defense, when you could have drafted another weapon for Antonio Brown to have, like they did with Juju Smith. Um, But you're instead focusing this on, okay, we have Juju Smith-Schuster. He's a number one wide receiver in himself, but he's never played number one wide receiver in the NFL. How are uh, teams going to game plan differently now that Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are nowhere near the scene and they know that all they have to shut down right now is Juju Smith because who's their next best receiver? Washington? Eli Rogers? Ryan Switzer? You get what I'm saying? So I want to know why you guys think the Steelers, even if you don't have an answer, because I don't, why do you think the Steelers are, are basing this around Big Ben as opposed to one of their superstars? I, I, have. I have a spicy take for that one. It's, it's very spicy. Hmm. It's very controversial. But it goes down to the GM and Ben being buddy-buddy. 
after that whole allegations on Ben. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, nah, for real. Nah, nah. That for wasn't real. Laugh. Yeah, because <laughs> that shit is fishy, bro. That shit is fishy. Like, plenty of evidence, you know what I'm saying? Multiple times it's happened, multiple allegations, and they just seem buddy-buddy. You know what I'm saying? He's cool. He don't miss a step. Yep. And if you search up, their PR team is great. Um, if you search up Ben Roethlisberger... R A P. There's this music video for it. You feel oh. me? It, <laughs> mad shit comes up before what you want to find comes up. Yeah. So it's, not that it's, it's fishy, a laughing bro. matter, but yeah, it's fishy. Just, just that that team, that PR marketing team, the GM, all of them, they know what they were doing, and they put a lot of eggs in that Ben basket. So. That's yeah, now nah, they don't want to drop it. Exactly. And, and they know that, like you said, with the whole buddy-buddy situation, if you look at it like that, because that, that is one of the answers that I can, okay, you know, probably. Mm-hmm. Not that they have much to fumble with it, because, I mean, he is at the tail end, tail end of his career, but I feel like, yeah, that, that respect yeah. and that slave mentality, that slave owner mentality, you know, it, it, it just goes hand in hand when you're dealing with a white quarterback in the NFL who has won your franchise the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and, you know, is, is still playing. You know, he had a great season last year. Let's not get it twisted. But going forward, I'd rather have Antonio Brown than Ben Roethlisberger. It's just it's loyal to a fault. It's, you know, like you said, if you look in Steeler, you know, history, they have, as a franchise, six Super Bowls. And the only two quarterbacks that have ever won Super Bowls for them are one Terry Bradshaw and a Ben Roethlisberger. So and Terry Bradshaw has five of them. Four. Four. And yeah, and then Ben has two. And I think to you know a lesser. Steelers have five Super Bowls. Other than Ben has two, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. So I think to a lesser degree to what Eric was saying, yeah, I think they definitely are buddy buddy. And Ben over the years has just sown the seeds of him taking over and basically having this organization in the palm of his hand. Because like you said, every year it's is he staying, is he going and we see this you know, carousel of new uh, rookie quarterbacks coming in to the situation and, you know, every year or, you know, every other year. And you don't hear, like, you know, you saw Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers or uh, uh, Tony, Who was it? Uh, Bledsoe with maybe, you know, a Tom Brady. That's who. Or, you know, Bledsoe with, with a Tony Romo. Like, right. you don't see that, like, take me under your wing. Let me show you some things. Let me show you how the league We works. saw Ben Roethlisberger yeah. literally talk about why. I don't know why we drafted a quarterback in the third round. Like, Days after draft day. He's, he's selfish. <laughs> he's, I think, like I said... I, I can see him working front office for the Steelers in the future. He, he, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like, that's where it's at at this point. And, that, and like I said, that's the thing. Like, with the Antonio Brown situation, like, just him being Antonio Brown and just... It's literally, like, feel like I wake up and every day it's, like, something new on social media with him and something mm-hmm. new coming out. People have forgotten. I really feel like Ben was the start of this and Ben is the main cause of Le'Veon of 
Antonio Brown and of the Steelers' dysfunction. Because you said it perfectly. Instead of going and drafting, you know, defense. This this isn't the steel curtain anymore. This isn't the defense of 2008 where you have a Troy Polamalu, a Joey Porter, Casey Hampton, James Ferrier, uh, Brett Kiesel. This isn't that, you know, defense. This defense has been bottom of the league for quite some time now. Their secondary is beyond trash, and the last great, you know, really truly great defensive player they had was Shazier and he might not you know and that was you know again a classy move by the Steelers organization you know what they did for him but chances are he wants to come back but realistically he might not come back so you know like I said you said it perfectly instead of going and building up your defense with this prolific offense that you've had for years, you know, when you had this was a Super Bowl run exactly it's over now at the beginning of the season everybody had them coming out of the AFC or at least 90% of people had them coming out of that AFC. And within, before the season even started, that all came to shambles. Once well, yeah, that Le'Veon, Le'Veon, Bell, once that Le'Veon Bell domino fell, it, you know, people thought, oh, this is, this is the Steelers organization. This is, you know, one of, you know, such a historic, you know, franchise. Right. And, you know, this doesn't happen with them. They'll bounce back. They'll, the Steelers this have always the, yeah. just been so flip flop. Like we've but seen this, the five interception Jacksonville Jaguars game, mm-hmm. and then we see the Patriots game that they that they almost win, right? And it's yeah. just like I also think there's a stigma um, with the GMs. They they're usually older. They've usually been GMs for years now. Um, the owners usually own the teams for years, and back in the day, quarterbacks were really like this great thing. Like they were rare. Uh, they didn't come often, this and that. But I feel like we have the coaches nowadays to where the recruitment for quarterbacks should be swifter. Like, we're holding on to these quarterbacks for longer than we should because we're afraid that we're not going to find their replacement. Where are the when, scouts? Yeah, exactly. Like, where is your where, scouting where, department? Where are the what people are y'all doing, doing the jobs? Yeah, exactly. Like, like I Big Ben, that. I get it. The arm is still there, but the arm. Like, with Big Ben, you're literally giving him the LeBron James treatment, but he's not LeBron James. One, you're letting him go out and throw that five-interception game because it's Big Ben. You know, Big Ben is going to do that once a season, you know. But he's going to come back and throw three touchdowns, four touchdowns the next game. But why are you taking this on a week-to-week basis when you have all this talent, when you can find something to settle on, as you said, or someone can find Something. Why can't someone in your organization make Mason Rudolph better? Why can't you progress Josh Dobbs? Like, what was the point in getting these players if you have no intention to to, to developing them into true NFL quarterbacks? Like, now you just got them sitting on a roster, and that's going to hurt their careers. Whatever, but and then the I practices, just don't understand that. The practices are, are safety first, so they're not real situations. Like... Um, these quarterbacks, those second-string quarterbacks, you think the first-string quarterback doesn't get touched. Second-string quarterback probably never gets touched. So how will they even learn, like, what to do under pressure, like, real pressure, you know what I'm saying? When they're really afraid that, all right, I'm about to be knocked on my ass. Like, how do they handle certain things like that? And they're not even putting them in those type of situations. And like I said, I think that also has to go back to Big Ben. Like I said, you're supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be basically... Like, this is, you know, you're going to go down as one of the greatest Steelers ever. You're Brady gonna be, would never. You're going to be in in their ring of honor, you know. Payton would never. And, you know, you're supposed to basically be Montana hand, would never. 
You're supposed to be handing the reins off to the next successor of this franchise who has been nothing but... Eli would never. He's <laughs> been nothing but loyal to you. And he wouldn't. I mean, it's just... He wouldn't. Big, it's like I said, he's he just wouldn't. selfish. Listen, he's, man. It's crazy. I got two more questions for y'all. First being, who do you blame in this whole situation? We're talking Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben... Who's to blame for this dysfunction, for this for this catastrophic, I guess we can use that word, because the Steelers coming into last year had Big Ben, A.B., and Le'Veon at their disposal. Going into the year, minus Le'Veon. After the year, we'll keep Ben, but A.B.'s gone. So whose fault is this all? It's the front office. It's the front office's fault. It's not Mike Tomlin. Okay, see, I think it's Mike Tomlin's fault. I think I think Mike Tomlin's the victim in all this. Yeah. See, okay, here's here's okay. Thank you for saying that because I want to change your mind. As a head coach of a football team, you gotta be daddy in a sense, right? Like, first of all, this is grown men. You got fifty three grown men that you're trying to. This is your job to compact all their egos, all their skill sets, all of their flaws, all of their greatnesses, and you gotta make it what it is on Sunday, whether you play at 1, 4, or 8, or Monday. Mm-hmm. Now, having Big Ben in the locker room f- since Tomlin came in, what, like 07-ish? 06? Well, they they won... In 08. They won in 08. That was one of his first years, right? Yes. Nonetheless, it's been so about like 10 years. Seven, it's, yeah. been, it's been over 10 years that Tomlin has had control of this locker room. He's earned the respect well before. When he won the Super Bowl, you know, there it, it was no question that this is Tomlin's locker room. Now, what I, what I think it's Tomlin's fault because of is that you have your quarterback and your star wide receiver. It's like I I mean it's not the GM's job to make them like each other. And it's not Tomlin's job to make them like each other. But it's Tomlin's job to have them two perform at the best rate possible with the the smallest amount of uh uh uh. You have Antonio Brown here on the sideline running up and down, yelling at your assistant coaches. You have Tomlin on camera telling the reporters, Yes, uh we're not going to discipline him. Because he is our star player. Now, if he stops playing like our star player, then we will discipline him. You get what I'm saying? How do you think 40 other players in the locker room that are busting their ass the same way Antonio Brown is, maybe they don't got that 84, they don't got them dance moves, and they don't, they don't have the skill set like him, but they're playing and contributing just as much as he is. How do you think they feel when they see, damn, Big Ben really can go and talk about anybody and not get reprimanded for it. Damn, A.B. can snap on a coach on TV, and, you know, it's not the biggest deal. But when the offensive line don't protect that great, damn, y'all jumping on us. It's not Mike Tomlin's show. It's it, it's, it's A.B. show, office. and no, I think that's nah, a problem. It's A.B. Show. show. The Steelers' A-B. show is A.B. and Le'Veon Bell for the last two years. Okay. That's all we've talked about. All right, about. so... Every other team has that player, that one player that is on some now. Well, we kind of need him, so like, yo, you know, okay. give him a break. Boom. So that's AB. AB's not that wild compared to other, like, in the media type players. Like, 
we've seen um, throughout the season, but I can't art agree with yeah, that. Yeah, but as this, far look as at the, look at this right shaky now. season. Look at this shaky season. I'm talking the Steelers about Steelers missed the playoffs. Career. So that kind of brings back to my point. I wanted to ask you, like, whose fault is it for the Steelers missing the playoffs? How is it Mike Tomlin's fault? If he can't even handle the money, he he not the one talking about Neil. Hold up, nah, we gonna situate this bread problem. Well, because he Antonio Brown no wasn't a bread problem. No, Le'Veon. Right, said this right, season. Right, right, right. Okay, I get Le'Veon, but it's all a part of it, though. But Le'Veon, it's all a but part here it is. Le'Veon out the window. They knew how they. Tomlin wasn't playing with Le'Veon's situation. He knew what it was. We got James Conner. James Conner had a Pro Bowl year. And did he so not handle excuse? that situation well, Mike Tomlin? Yeah, I'll give that to him. Yeah, yeah, I get, I mean, yeah, because the front office yeah. was the the fault at that point. Yeah, where he they handled didn't it too well. And, he I get even, that. and then he even turned his back on Le'Veon on some, you're turning your back on us. Right, so right. he was a coach first, you know right. what I'm saying? And in that situation. Exactly. Now with this Antonio Brown situation. Antonio Brown was your biggest player and he probably has Mike Tomlin probably has the GM in his ear on some like yo don't 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 make this worse like if matter of fact if he want to leave let him who knows bro who knows who's telling him what but Mike Tomlin isn't out here just not caring like that's just not what it is you know what I'm saying I don't think it's that he doesn't care before you get into it Justin I don't think it's that he doesn't care I think it's that he doesn't have control as much control as he should I don't think that your quarterback should be running the show. Like, he should be running the show on the field. But when you miss the playoffs, That's what the argument shouldn't be Ben Roethlisberger is head honcho over here. Because if he was head honcho, he That's what makes him a victim, though. He, who has to Who's say gonna control over the that, GM? But who has to say over the coach? Like, who tells the coach what to do? Well, there's always going to be a higher up until the owner. When we get to the owner. But the owner and usually the GM. Okay, the GM. We don't always see the owner yet taking parts. I so can't tell you, like, you can't tell me the conversations that Mike Tomlin and the no, GM are having can't. about. Ben. But if Mike Tomlin himself said that Ben is the head honcho, who do you think he got that from? You think those are his own words? You think he wants to say that? Like, That's come true, on. That's true. I feel like to answer your, you know, one question real quick, mm-hmm. uh, about the Steelers not making the playoffs, that branches off your other question, who's in charge of this dysfunctionality. The reason they didn't make the playoffs is because of how dysfunctional things are. And I believe that the dysfunction is from the front office. Now, I, like I said, I really truly believe that Big Ben if, is the root of all of this. And this seed was laid way before Mike Tomlin got there. And when he got there, he kind of just had to uh, he he had to uh, he had he had to learn as he was going and uh, I think he did he won a and, Super and, Bowl and, 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 yeah he won, and, he won two and, Super Bowls and and he has the respect he has all he needs he has the weapons he has the offense he's had one of the best teams in the league for the last eight years so this is a new problem by the way that's what I'm saying like this this specific problem with Le'Veon Bell and I'm not saying that the front office doesn't deserve blame because I do believe that they botched the Le'Veon Bell situation and I do think they botched this one but I think that this was more of a team affected situation than a player affected situation and once your team starts going down there's one person that runs that team and it's not the quarterback and it's not the GM it's the coach because he's hired for that reason Okay, let's let's look at the team. We just besides you know them having Le'Veon, Big Ben, whatever you want to make of him as you know in your a great quarterback. In, in, he played a great okay, year. Yeah, I mean, whatever you want to place him in, in your quarterback rankings, and you know obviously Antonio Brown. So, but 
on the other side, look at we, we acknowledge all the holes on the other side of the, of the football. Now, yeah, the coach has some, granted, some say in what personnel he might get, but he doesn't have the final word. That comes down to the GM and the right. front office. Right. And we also acknowledge that the moves that they have been making is based off of what Big Ben saying, oh, I don't know if I'm basically coming or going. So you're like, okay, let me get this quarterback or let me get this player and that player. And then come to find out, here's the thing. That's the front office making those moves based off of right. one player. Right. So true. when you look at it from that aspect, and then, like I said, Mike Tomlin can only work with what he has. So I just feel like, it's like I said. It's just I feel like he's a victim in all this because it's just gotten. It's it's gotten I'm so disappointing to hear Mike Tomlin being a victim. Where is your 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 respect? Where is your your authority coming from? Like, yeah, I get that you have a GM, but if the GM is not gonna let you be, like Mike Tomlin is not gonna walk around the Steelers organization being whiplashed. Like he's not gonna be sitting here taking taking all this like 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 the slave owner mentality. That's not the type of person Mike Tomlin is. Mike Tomlin is built off. Integrity, pride, and 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 hard work ethic. So to say that he's a victim in all this, I feel like he didn't do enough to try to help Big Ben, uh, help the situation with Big Ben and Antonio, help the situation with Le'Veon. I mean, there there might not have been as much to do with Le'Veon because he was strictly about the money. But when you have, like, come on. I can't say that he's never told the front office, listen, we got to move on from Big Ben. I can't say that. But I can't say that he, he ha- uh, hasn't. But I this mean, is, it being a newer, I mean, nah, we've seen Mike Tomlin and Big Ben collage, uh, collide, though, in the media. Yeah, but that's not, that's not saying, listen, I think moving forward we need to, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, bro. That chemistry don't seem like it's all the way there. On it's some, fake, like, but it just wins. It wins. Yeah, that's the thing. so I feel like there has been talks on some, yo, like me or him. Another uh, example. Both of us? All right, whatever. Another right. example is Big Ben with, with Todd Haley. How that whole situation. Yeah. If that didn't show Big Ben's power and, and authority within this organization, then I don't know what will or what does. That was good. Yeah. Last question I got for you guys before we leave. Uh, this is Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Who, going into the 2019-2020 season, is worth more? And why? Antonio Brown. The fact that James Conner came in and did what he did... It, it it I don't like I hate to say that it took away from what Le'Veon does, but in a sense it made it look like all right, well we could find another right, one of those right, guys. Right, right. You know what I'm we saying? We found another yeah. one. Yeah. So other teams are probably thinking the same thing. Like damn, Whew. like you know what I'm saying? It only takes this. So, and then the limit on receivers in the league right now. I feel like you have your top receivers, and then it it just falls off. The list just falls off after that. Right. Yeah. Like there's. I get what you're saying. We don't. Um. Yeah. I give it to. I give it to Antonio. Where do you go? I give it to Le'Veon Bell, for the fact that, you know, running backs, usually have the shortest life span in the NFL because you know you're running through the trenches, you're taking the most hits from these defensive linemen, linebacker, things like that. I think 
taking a year off probably helped him more than really did playing, especially with his history of injuries, you know, injuries and things of that nature. I think he took this, you know, year to get right, you know, with himself and, you know, everything going on in his life. We and hope. I mean, I, I, I truly think he did. And then also, I mean, it, I mean that, was, that was a good point that, you know, Ant made about, you know, how many receivers that you really have. But I would also make the, you know, argument of how many running backs do you really have? I mean, you have the Todd Gurley's of the world. Ezekiel Elliott's, and then you know Saquon. So you can say Saquon. I feel like we see a lot of, but then after Sony those, Michelle's, but James then, White. Yeah, but I mean, as far as we like lost David Johnson, dynamic. David Johnson. I mean, but I feel like as far as dynamic, you know, okay, I'll, I'll put David Johnson in there. But after maybe, arguably those, I would say three. But if you want to throw David Johnson, I'll argue, come after those four. Another Kareem thing is, Hunt, we lost him. I feel I don't know for some reason. But to I have feel like, a guy like Le'Veon that can do that, and then pass catch like a receiver, yeah. to basically get a two for one special. I mean, I scheme, bro, depends on the team scheme as well. Because if they have certain run schemes to where, um, you got the 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 um like the offensive line the the uh the run run blockers all that shit mm-hmm. if they nice with it then they nice with it you know what I'm saying so you could make a average running back that much better right um, but let's remember we're not talking about an average running back we are talking about if yeah I'm saying if they didn't have Le'Veon if they chose um, AB like I was mm-hmm. saying okay. so they would have an average running back with a good pass block right, right, you could right. make an average running back look nice the receiver it's that's him you know what I'm saying like you, yeah, it could be like all right. He's uh, got to get off that pick, gym. But yeah. yeah, bro, that route is it's it's him. And then if it's double coverage or or if it's one on one or whatever, it's up to the receiver really to make that play. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go side with Ant. I'm, I think Antonio Brown is is more valuable right now. As you said yourself, you know the running back window closes really quickly in this league. Um, we didn't see that beyond play last. I don't know if this year off helped him or hurt him. We're gonna see it, but I can't. I don't. I'm more on the side of he's been out of football for a little while. He might not be the same exact player he was because let's get it, let's not get it twisted. You know, going into this year, Le'Veon was either one or two, or I would put him at two because Todd Gurley did win that offensive uh, player of the year last year, but. Le'Veon Bell, what he did out the backfield and, and and receiving, like you said, it was phenomenal. But what Antonio Brown has been able to do week in, week out, season after season after season since basically coming to the league, uh, going into his, what, 31st birthday? Going this yeah, year? Yeah, he'll be, yeah, he'll be 31 now. And then that I don't year see that off, production stopping right now. Yeah, that year off, it it may help health wise, like longevity in the career, but it doesn't help speculation wise. So these guys who want to pick you for their team, they got to go off of yes. a whole year ago. Like 
it's it's different than going off a couple months ago. Does, does he care the same? Like yeah. the problem, and then also with me is like the problem with Le'Veon is that he's all about the money. Let's look at why he left Pittsburgh in the first place because they didn't agree to terms on a deal and they wanted to franchise tag him, so they did, and they were gonna franchise tag him, tag him again. But he's like, listen, I will quit if y'all don't pay me what I want, and that's what he did. Antonio oh. Brown didn't have the, I mean, don't get me wrong. He did get paid before, but you think he's not going to get paid again? His problem wasn't about the money. His problem was about the mentality in the organization. So I can see, you know, a player a player leaving an organization because his self-worth and, and, and personal, I guess, ego in a sense, if you want to use that word, is more important to him. But Le'Veon, you can tell he's literally gonna go to one of the highest paying teams and that, and and I want to see if he truly truly cares mm-hmm. I think he does I just feel like he felt like he was disrespected and you know back to you know back to said the, the short uh lifespan of a running back and he just felt like keep getting franchise keeping a franchise with a player of his caliber when he's seeing all these other star players all these other running backs yeah. Todd Gurley just signed a biggest yeah, deal getting paid making deals and he knows his worth and everybody who watches football and watches Le'Veon knows his worth. Right. So I don't I don't think he was wrong for what he did. And like we said, it probably opened like it was the first domino and probably opened the door to bigger problems within that organization. Mm-hmm. So. I think we can leave it there. It was a good one. Uh, thank you guys for listening. All Things Sports Podcast, season two, episode eighteen. ATS Pod is the Twitter, ATS.pod is the Instagram. Go follow. ATS Pod is Twitch. Thank you. I'm riding high. My niggas with me. They down the ride. I got my change up. They looking like they surprised. Got niggas hating on me hard because my paper ride. Money from the flow. Way up to the sky. They want to know. And they wonder why. I got my wings when I was young, so I tend to fly. My chain on, they saying it's homicide And I'm killing them It's homicide I'm killing them It's homicide I got my change up, they looking like they surprised Niggas hating on me hard cause my paper ride But I'm killing them It's homicide I'm killing them It's homicide I got my wings when I was young so I tend to One shot First 48, first 48, took out 50 racks and blew the first 48. I ain't worried about spending bread cause I got more to make. Soon as they see that Maserati, they gon' surely hate. Hunting for a show, can you afford a date? And that's just one show, imagine what my tour gon' make. Police ran up on my tour bus, but hey, my niggas, more money, more problems, more lawyers on the case. Niggas was at the Grammys, I was at the crib working. Heard they little this, but I was just being a big person. Never been trained, still my aim, near perfect. Everything I spit's murder. Bow. I brought a whole out of smoke. <laughs> I'm riding high. My niggas with me, they down the up, they looking like they surprised. Got niggas hating on me hard cause my paper ride. Money from the flow, way up to the sky. Now they wanna know, and they wonder why. I got my wings.
when I was young, so I tend to fly. I put my chain on, they saying it's homicide. And I'm killing them. It's homicide. I'm killing them. It's homicide. I got my chains up, they looking like they surprised. Niggas hating on me hard, cause my paper ride. But I'm killing them. It's homicide. I'm killing them. It's homicide. I got my wings when I was young, so I tend to fly. Black on black, cars coming through Presidential shit, tents on the whip So dark, can't see who ratting in that bitch Suits and ties, no questions why Somebody get a box ready for these guys No four-door head to coop that rat That eagle right here, if you wanna feel fly No games though, no names spoke This crack right here, cocaine flow I don't know what you doing, but I'm paid, bro Yeah, I pitched that now like Pedro in the car with my nigga, I'm ready to Middle finger like fuck what you going through All I know is that money that I'm going to Had them gang gang boys run up on you Like what's up cuz I told you Just money in the pocket fold you T-A-Y-L-O-R-G-A-N-G gang Oh the smoke I'm riding high My niggas with me They down the ride I got my change up They looking like they surprised Got niggas hating on me hard Cause my paper ride Money from the flow Way up to the sky It's homicide, I'm killing them It's homicide, I got my change up They looking like they surprised Niggas hating on me hard cause my paper ride But I'm killing them It's homicide, I'm killing them It's homicide, I got my wings when I was young So I tend to fly